Hey guys, welcome to Call Her Crazy. I'm Nikki. And I'm Sammy. We have a wonderful guest with us today. You may know her from her very own YouTube channel or an advocate for hard of hearing individuals or her love for TV shows and books. Please welcome Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so glad. All right, so we're just going to dive in. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your everyday life and hobbies. Yeah, so I currently live in Oregon, so there's a lot of time spent outside. Um, I'm right outside of Portland, which is absolutely wonderful. So not quite like big city, but I am perfectly okay with that. Um, I work remotely, so I get to spend all day with my two tiny little monsters, my two cats that are named after Star Wars characters, uh, Chopper mm -hmm. and Zeb. Oh, wow. Um, best part about working remote is they become my two co-workers um they are just the most adorable little things and are probably going to be begging to be coming into my office at any point in time now oh i hope they do <laughs> i hope they do um but yeah so i i work remotely for a company called daily harvest um i they are absolutely wonderful they love being able to work remote um, love to read, uh, watch TV, um, which is a huge reason why I'm here. <laughs> um, from finding you guys from uh, Epic Cons and like sharing through that. Um, but but yeah, the, I'm, the, there's a lot. <laughs> I love it. Um, we want to know how was the uh, Taylor Swift concert? Oh yes, uh, that was amazing. Uh, so I was there for Seattle Night 1, and if you haven't heard yet, Seattle Night 1 and 2 caused earthquakes. earthquakes. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, my God, and you were there for that even better. <laughs> I saw that, I saw that uh, this morning come yeah. out. Yes. Um, it wasn't like an actual earthquake. It was we were jumping so much during Shake It Off that it registered as a 2.3 earthquake on the Richter scale. And I was just like, oh, that's fun to be a part of. <laughs> um, and it so cool. happened both nights. Like Seattle went that hard that happened both nights that it registered um, as a 2.3 earthquake. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was there for Heim, the very first Nobody, No Crime. Um, that very first excitement that was absolutely epic to be a part of it it was just like realizing that tis the damn season was not about to happen and that then seeing the hype sisters was everybody's realization um and then I also had everything was changed and Taylor kept saying like there's no guest it's just me there's no guest but of course Ed Sheeran likes to just randomly pop up at our concerts dressed as clowns or backup dancers and so everybody started cheering and she looked around convinced like when you look back at it you think that like she thought Ed Sheeran had showed up <laughs> because it's something that he 100% would have done and she kept checking to see make sure he didn't actually show up randomly um which was really funny and it was just it was amazing to hear the song but it was looking back at it knowing now that like she was about to change uh, saying everything has changed. I now know why she was just looking around everywhere, very confused why people were cheering for everybody else because she's so funny. 
poor Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is like, oh, you're you're cheering for me? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are. Was it hard for you to get them on Ticketmaster or did someone else get them for you? So the way I got tickets was a little unique. Um, oh. Because of the... This was my first concert um, going to... Or like this is my first time going to a concert as someone who can't hear. So someone who's deaf, hard of hearing. And the last time I went to the concert, I had more of my hearing. And so I didn't need an ASL interpreter. So this was the first time I'm doing it. And so when tickets went on sale or like when tickets were announced, I immediately messaged Lumen Field of like, I have no idea how I get an interpreter for, an, especially for an event like this. Like, what do I do? Do I just get tickets through you? Do I do Ticketmaster? Because the Ticketmaster ADA tickets aren't the ASL ADA tickets. Right. And so I was just like, you know, like, what, what, what do I do? And they're like, well, just try to get a ticket for now. But, like, we'll touch base later. And then, so the day of the sale, the day that Ticketmaster was doing Ticketmaster things, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> by the time we got to the West Coast, like, as I'm sure everybody knows, like, it was just complete chaos by the time the West Coast tickets were going on sale. And so I had emailed them again saying, is there any way I can just get this through you? Because I have no clue. Because people are buying ADA tickets without being ADA. I've been, I've been seeing it all day and they're like, yep, you know what? You can just get it through us. You you can just buy the ticket through us. That's okay. And so I did. So I just got to got, get the ticket through the stadium, um, which is very rare and not something that normally happens. And so right. listen, that's not normal. That's not normal at all. I just got very lucky in a like, stadium that was very set up on like, the ASL interpreter and like knew all of that and just like knew the craziness that was going on and that people were buying ADA tickets and were like, you know what? Yep. Just get it through us. That way you get the right ADA ticket. That's fine. Um, so no idea what I'll do for the next concert, but that's how I got this concert. <laughs> hey, Taylor Swift was very popular. So hopefully you don't have another crazy, you know, hunger game situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. That was really funny. It was. It's not like that's a game. I tried to get a ticket. I could not. I couldn't even get on the server. So good for you. Oh, yeah. It was. It was mess. And like, I eventually got through on like the Seattle Lumen, like part for Ticketmaster. And all the tickets were sold out by the time I actually got through. Mm-hmm. Eight hours later. Yep. Yep. Kudos to you for hanging on that long. Good lord, that's like a work- benefit for working from home. Like, I just have my other laptop up and I would just kind of like wiggle the mouse every so often. I'm like, did I get no? Okay, did I get oh, no, okay. <laughs> Perks of working from home, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Um, I think my all time Taylor favorite Taylor Swift song is The Story of Us. Um, I just have loved that song since it came out. But, like, of her more recent stuff, The Lakes. I absolutely love The Lakes. I feel like I don't know that song. I don't know the that lakes. song. Um, it is on her Folklore Deluxe. So it was part of, like, Folklore okay. Deluxe. And it recently, I think in the last couple of years, because she didn't originally put it on Spotify, and then it is now. It's on Spotify now. Um, 
but it is I listened to Folklore in Evermore while I was reading through one of my favorite book series. And so now every single time I hear Folklore and Evermore, I automatically think of my favorite book series. And so that's the one Which that was is, like... What's the favorite book series? Um, the one that I was reading through was Shadowhunters and I was reading through all the Shadowhunter books. Um, and I was reading, or I listened to The Lakes when I was reading through like, there was like a beautiful, it was... Uh, if anyone knows it, it's the Infernal Devices when uh, Tessa and Jem and Will finally figured their stuff out. And it was a really sweet moment and the lakes was on and then it was just, it's, you know, all I kind of came together and it was perfect and it's great. Oh my God, I love this. I'm a folklore, so I'm totally loving this right now. That was my <laughs> never, favorite thing. Shadowhunters, though. I've never even watched, that's a series, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so it's a... Like they turned the series, um, or like they turned the Mortal Instruments set of Shadowhunters into a TV series, and then it got canceled um, after three seasons. But luckily, they got to go into the third season knowing it had gotten canceled, so they knew to wrap it up. Oh, cool. um, yeah. But she has written like prequels to the Mortal Instruments and sequels to the Mortal Instruments. There's so many books within Shadowhunter World. But one of my favorite things is if the show. Or if like the books that I'm reading has a show, I'll just listen to the soundtrack or put the soundtrack on while I'm reading the book. And then oh. it, like it's like the vibes of it. It's so wonderful. That's that's love cool. that. Oh Huge. my god, I'm about to do that with the vampire diaries. <laughs> I did that. I, I actually put the for when I was reading Infernal Devices, I put the Vampire Diaries soundtrack on <laughs> as well. That, yeah, that's gonna be a thing now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've listened to that soundtrack way too many times. Bless every person who made playlists on Spotify to the Vampire Diaries soundtrack because it's huh. not on there from the Vampire Diaries itself. Huh. You know, it's really crazy that our podcast is on Spotify, but I don't, I don't use Spotify. I do. I should probably use it. I mean, I have an account. Yeah. I don't know. I use Apple Music. I never, I don't know. Yeah, I only, I only listen to like podcasts on Spotify, but not music. See, I've only ever listened to, this is so terrible. I've only ever listened to podcasts on Apple Podcasts just because, I don't know, I'm old, apparently. Well, I used to have, I used to use Spotify on my laptop for music. It was just easier. Do you remember the LimeWire days or am I dating myself? Never heard of it. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. You're good. Um, can I ask you how old you are? Because it'll make me feel better. I'm 25. Oh my god, that makes me feel so much better. Awesome. She knows what LimeWire is. Get with it, Nikki, okay? Yeah, I'm about to be 25, so... Get with it. Oh my god, that makes me feel so much better, Kirsten. Thank you. Um, I know we really got off topic, but, uh, do you remember when you became a fan of Taylor Swift? I don't remember, like, the specific... I remember when I was a kid with my brother, we had a little CD player. Um, and I remember, I think we had, I don't remember if it was debut or fearless, but we had one of the CDs. I want to say it was her debut album, but I just like, it's one of those, like, I honestly cannot remember, but I'm pretty sure it was debut. And I remember sitting on the floor of our basement around the CD player because it was the only way that we had to play CD or like the only way that we could play CDs that we could both listen to it. Yeah. Um, 
listening to the album with like and then we fell in love with it and decided we wanted to create our own music videos to it so we went and created like our own music video to our song and we were I don't know because it was on like a cassette like this was back like video cameras were on cassettes (laughs) um I love this so I don't know that is something that like I want to try to find because it's hilarious but I don't even know where those cassettes ended up or if there's a way for us to even get it off cassettes anymore yeah I know right I don't I don't know. Like my mom actually yesterday I was at a bridal shower and my mom's like saying, Samantha, can you put all these pictures on like a CD? And I'm like, I I don't even know how I would do that anymore, mom. I maybe I don't even have like a CD thing on my computer anymore. Like it's just non existent. I'd have to buy one. I used to burn my own CD tracks for my car. Yep. So I, I had so many of those for I we love doing like that. I love doing it too. I still have I Oh my gosh, I have so many CDs, but obviously you don't, like, you don't listen to them. Like, my car has a CD player, which is exciting, but I don't, I'm pretty sure, though, if I were to find those mix mixes that we made, I'd probably jam out to one of those, but I'd probably also cringe a little. <laughs> it's fine. Sean Paul. would come on for me. Oh. Eighth grade. Let's let's continue. Um, Kirsten, well, we already kind of um, you said where daily. you work. Like, what do you do? For the daily living? harvest. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you don't know, Daily Harvest is a company that delivers frozen plant-based food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I always on like ads and stuff. Oh yeah, they. There's so many people that I talk to that are like, oh my gosh, I sound like running like through ads and like, oh yes, there's very tempted to do it, but I just yeah. don't. if you do end up getting daily harvest, there's a chance to end up talking with me because after you people get their first box, they get an email inviting them to something called the taste guide session, which is a program that I run. Um, so I meet with people after their first box. We just launched to people who have never gotten a box before, which is really exciting. Um, so they can talk with me and they can, like, I help them figure out what food, like if they have like dietary restrictions, like what food of ours that they might like, just because some people are new to plant-based eating. Some of the flavor combinations are like, what, what is this? <laughs> like what, I don't know what some of these ingredients are. Cause there's a lot of superfoods that are in it, which I was like, I, when I got this job, I was like, I don't know what some of these things are. <laughs> Um, and so they're like, I help walk them through what food that they might like, um, within like their dietary restrictions or just like within like what they need for daily harvest to fit into their life. Um, but I run that program. So I work on expanding the program, um, and do all of the reporting to the rest of the company, um, for it. And then I have a team of taste guides as well that are are wonderful and I love them dearly. Um, that's but, cool that you can yeah. do that and work from home. I kind of, I kind of want to look into that now. You know, right? <laughs> no, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was, so I'm the only one, I'm like the only taste guide specialist and 
it was a position that like happened very rarely. I started at Daily Harvest at their pop-up in Chicago for like a seasonal position. <laughs> that was two years ago and I'm still here. <laughs> um, it was just a, like a very random circumstances that like all came together. And then when I got my strategic uh, communication master's degree, I focused a lot on Daily Harvest and just like what they do as like a brand and how they communicate to their customers and things like that. And that just, everything just kind of stacked up into like me getting this job, which was a lot of happy circumstances, which I'm so very happy for because it is a wonderful, like to do it from home. Yeah. Wonderful. I love that for you. I know. Me too. <laughs> what was it like learning about strategic communications? Um, it was really, so strategic communications is kind of a all around marketing type of the communications marketing type of degree. I was the first cohort to go through this, um, this program. So it was very new. And so like we learned a lot of advertising, data analytics, research, PR, marketing, social media, like kind of a jack of all trades just because of what the current industry looks like of you have to like no matter what marketing position you get you have to know everything because you're probably going to end up being doing like doing everything um and because of that allowed me so many different options of jobs like I could apply to PR jobs I could apply to marketing jobs I could apply to social media jobs it was really awesome um and being the first cohort to go through I had we were like the little guinea pigs. Um, so it was super nice. Uh, but it was, it was amazing. I did it in 12 months. Um, and if anyone else is getting their master's, don't do it in 12 months uh, <laughs> and try to work full time. That got a little hectic. I don't know what I look back and I'm like, how, how, how did I manage to do that? Um, but I'm did. tired of thinking about it. Oh my God. Uh, so but it was worth it like it was very much worth it um they now I think are mostly in person but because I did it during the pandemic it was remote and so I got to move to Oregon I I was originally in Chicago when I started it and then I moved to Oregon partway through my degree um but yeah it was it it was great I, I absolutely loved it um it got it from Columbia College Chicago if anyone else is interested in strategic communications if it's so you did it in 12 months what's the next one would it be like two years um so that was as a full time so I took the max amount of classes per semester that I could some people did it in so it was technically three semesters it was a fall a summer or a fall spring and a summer um, just the way that it laid out, it's really easier to, or it's a lot easier to say 12 months instead of mm-hmm. one year. Cause people just assume that's yeah. a, a fall and a spring semester. Um, so you, I think a lot of people ended up doing fall, spring, summer, fall who like were full time, but took like the minimum amount of classes for full time. Um, some people were like me and were crazy and did the full amount. Um, I had a scholarship that like made it so I only had the scholarship for one year and Mm. so like it paid for over half of my schooling so I was like you know trying to do this within my scholarship uh, requirements but then like other people who did part-time I think it was two years I think they only had to do one summer 
course or like one summer semester. I don't know what they ended up or if they ended up doing the second summer. I think it depends on how part time you went. Um, but they were super flexible with it. Like there wasn't like a, you have to be done within a certain amount of time unless you had the specific scholarship that, that I had, um, which was just come, I graduated from Columbia with, with my bachelor's. And so I got a special scholarship coming back for my master's. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was hectic. That sounds really hectic. And I mean, kudos to you because I'm tired just hearing about it. Um, hey, hard work pays off, right? That it does. <laughs> what made you like photography? Um, I was introduced to photography when I was in high school. I had to take an elective um for I think it was like my junior year sophomore junior year something like that sophomore year that's right I don't remember high school. <laughs> um <laughs> I had taken an elective and my guidance counselor was like I signed you up for photography and graphic design and I was like okay sounds sounds good they're like you like being creative you'll do this and I was like great sounds good and then I got a concussion and so couldn't do graphic design and they're like can you do photography and I was like sure I'm okay by now um so like got put into class by just happenstance um fell in love with it and then throughout high school did like they only had photography one and so my photography teacher was like can we do more so I ended up doing like independent studies for the next two years, to, I think I ended up getting to like photography, like six or something like that. Not actually, but they ended up letting me TA class uh, photography one because they literally just like ran out of things for me to do. But I still wanted to do photography stuff in school. And they were like, you know what? You actually want that. Like if you want to be doing something instead of being the senior who has six study halls, we'll do it. We'll do anything. <laughs> Um, cause my school had the option that like, if you were senior and you were done with your elective classes and you were done with a lot of your other requirements, you could just fill it with study halls, um, which a lot of people ended up doing. And I was just like, I don't really want to do that. I would be so bored. So, so bored. I did lots of photography, um, and ended up like doing a lot for like the school kind of had like a small business, but just what ended up taking a lot for friends and got into some uh, some shows got into some museums by the end of my senior year it was it was really cool my like once my photography teacher realized that like oh she actually like this isn't just like some sad, like she actually really enjoys this um he started finding like competitions to submit me to which was really fun that's awesome I used to do all the art classes I did ceramics I did photography but I actually ended up dropping out of photography wow. <laughs> I like taking photos of, like, what I wanted to do, not just, like, pictures of objects in class. It wasn't very, like, creative, like, self-creative, but I liked all my other classes, like, just drawing and stuff. Um, but, yeah, photography wasn't my strongest suit. <laughs> it's yeah, a did you like it? I did. I feel like that's just, like, one of the electives that everyone does in high school, though. Like, who doesn't want to try photography? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I took I took ceramics one, ceramics two. Um, I, I honestly forget, but I took every art class. Like I was a big art person. I had 
my art in every show there was in all colleges. I loved art, but I photography just wasn't my my jam in high school. Just wasn't your thing. Here's no, the- I mean, I love photography outside of that, though. What do you mean? Like, you prefer to like, do... I like, I like, like, class. Yeah. like, don't give me, like, don't give me, um... Restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I love photography outside of it, but I not in class. I didn't like it. I get get that. That's like me. I went to college for journalism and I was like, no, I don't like reporting on this. I want to do this. And I dropped out. Yeah. Like I don't want to be um in a box. Like I want to be able to do like art. I feel like art you can express yourself, but that class you could not express yourself. It was very like Take a picture of this. Take a picture of that. It's like, let me go outside and take pictures of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anarchy. We want anarchy. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. Kirsten, do you still do photography? <laughs> um, kind of not as much as I used to. Similar to kind of like what Nikki was just talking about. Of It got to a point where I had to take specific photos of specific things and I didn't like it so I worked as a camp photographer like I worked as a camp or at a bible camp um back in Wisconsin and was like their photographer which was okay but like I I felt the most joy taking all of like the creative photos not Mm -hmm. the ones that I had to turn in by the end of the week um and then so when I went to college I thought I was going to get a degree in photography I was going to an art school for goodness sakes like I thought I was going to get a degree in photography and didn't I was just like I was so burnt out by that point that I was just like I just want to do this for fun so now I still like um do a lot for fun and it's come in handy of like as especially like with like the pandemic or wanting to like post photo like um directing my mom how to take photos of me (laughs) of like no we have to do this and like um so not as much anymore. Now it's just most, mostly for fun, just so I can take the photos that I want to. Or if I have like a really cool idea, I'm like, oh, okay, want to like eventually do this, but I will probably never get a job as a photographer again. <laughs> um, but it, like it comes in handy of, especially with a marketing degree of, oh, you need some content made. I can, act, I can go take it. Like that's, that's okay. Um, but mostly <laughs> on the creative always, side. You could always do... Um photos for conventions i considered like getting back into it with that but i also want to enjoy the conventions yeah yeah like the idea of like working something that like i wouldn't be able i used to work my own proms like take the be the photographer at prom and so i never got like after doing that i was just like i never got to really enjoy prom because i was always taking photos Like, I still got to, like, enjoy, like, the experience and things like that. But, like, it was, like, after something like that, I was just like, you know what? If I went, if I did it for a convention, I'd want it to be for one that I wasn't, like, I love everything about this. Like, I want to take, or I want to be there to experience all of it. I don't know. But also, like, from the other parts of, I, if I, it is something that I know that I do enjoy. So, like, the Epicon in April, like, knowing probably with the answers or we're going to get a cool answer to this question and be able to turn around and take photos of people's reactions like and kind of like knowing that this this question is going to get a good reaction like there's the flip side to it but 
I also don't have a camera that's probably good for conventions of how good of a like big of a lens you need for for that i saw their lenses at april and i was like oh don't have that (laughs) oh no Uh, tell us about your dancing career yeah uh that kind of ended up in a very similar uh way to photography did of once i got to college i did some dancing but like realized that it just wasn't going to be a job um but I started dancing when I was like four um grew up doing all of the like you know the yearly yearly recitals we had ballets that we put on every fall so we did like Sleeping Beauty and the Nutcracker and things like that so I was always in those and then when I got into middle school I joined the competition team so went traveled all over competing got to perform at Disney and on a carnival cruise line um that was really like it's really epic to be able to like go back and say that I did those things um absolutely loved it and then once I got to high school it was a battle of do I do the dance team or do I stay like at the studio um then like as I grew up uh we eventually found out that I have something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome which is a mobility disorder which can cause a lot of difficulties sometimes with dance but dance can be very helpful for people who have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome um and so it like eventually became something where it's like okay so not going to do long term like probably not going to be a job just so I don't put my body through too much but this is a cool way to be able to keep my body active and healthy. So it just became a nice, like little creative release. Like I, once I start like let go of the, I need to be good enough to do this for a job and to be able to book gigs. It just became just a very nice creative outlet that I so randomly get to do, which is awesome. (laughs) What did you say that you had? Um, So it is Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, EDS. Um, So I, there's like, I think nine different types. I have hypermobility. Okay. Um, so from outside looking in people, like I just look like I'm double jointed everywhere. Like I just look like I have a lot of double joints, but it's just the fact that like my tendons are very flexible and they often don't know where like the stopping point is. Um, so that's where something like dance where like I learned so much control of my body from um, yeah. the, you know, traditional uh, training of like ballet, like, or like the traditional technical training of ballet and like lyrical and contemporary. Like I just learned so much about like how to keep my body where it is, um, that I don't, people with my condition tend to like dislocate different joints a lot. Um, but because of dance, I've been able to like learn how to not, um, and to yeah. be able to have like some like more control over my body. So like dance ended up being my saving grace for that diagnosis um but yeah it is uh a connective tissue disorder wow and you were diagnosed after you started dancing yeah i wasn't diagnosed until the summer before my senior year of high school wow Jeez. yeah it was a it was an experience <laughs> yeah how did you learn about conventions i happened to come across a the one time that I actually really liked these suggested posts on Instagram, um, when they flip or like when they changed to their setup and like the suggested posts would be like in your feed, um, is how I ended up finding them are because I saw 
Epic's post about the Vampire Diaries convention. It last October. Um, I was like, that looks really cool. I want to do that. I just, I was on my, I finished my master's degree vacation (laughs) to celebrate (laughs) and to like escape. I was on that and I was like, I have time. I have, I can do these things. Looked, it was, it was booked out. I found it in like late August and I was just like, oh, that's booked. That's, they're sold out. Um, But it was that week that they announced the April one. Um, And then tickets went on sale a few days later while we were driving back to Oregon from Utah from the the vacation. And it was, I was like booking or buying a ticket in the car on the way back. (laughs) Because immediately it was like, I'm I'm going to this. Um, So that was how I was just like by complete um, happenstance. Like it just because it just like happened to like show up on Instagram. And then since then, like, you know, learned about creation and learned, I knew about like comic cons at that point, mm-hmm. um, but didn't really think that like there was much else or like didn't know that there was like smaller ones like this. Yeah. Um, I think that was me too. I knew comic con was a thing, but I didn't realize oh, just, like every TV show might have its own. Yeah. Convention. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. And yeah, very soon. Yeah, it was just. So I was very thankful, very happy that I found that Instagram changed how they have their feeds. <laughs> Out of everyone you met there, who surprised you the most? Oh, um, I don't know how to pronounce his full real name, um, but Sebastian. Um, oh, um, Dad. Yep. Uh, he kept calling himself in April Daddy Michelson the entire yeah. weekend. Um, yeah. I think, uh, he was one that, uh, surprised me the most. He, I didn't like meet him like through like a photo op or an autograph or meet and greet or anything like that. One, one of the times that he was waiting for a panel, um, because the ASL section was right at the front, he started trying to learn ASL while he was waiting for his panel and like kept like looking to us and then kept accidentally signing swear words and we were dying <laughs> laughing. Um, and then eventually learned how to say, I love you. Um, but like, that was just like one of like the most precious things and took me by complete surprise. Um, uh, just cause I also, I think it was like one of his first panels. I didn't really know it was his second panel. So he had seen us before, but like, I don't know. I just wasn't really expecting that from, I wasn't expecting it from anyone. And then, so I was very surprised when, um, and then like saw him later and he was like chatting with me and like, just seeing how or it was my, cause this was my first convention ever. Uh, and like my first time meeting uh, people. And so I don't know, it was just, it just took me by surprise. I wish he was going in December. Why? I hope he gets announced. I know. They said they still have a few more. So. Okay. So who does everyone want in December? My big ones got, got signed. Cause my big ones were Candace and. Okay. Oh, my big one with Candace. I love Candace with my whole heart. She is incredible. Um, I would love to see Danielle go back and uh, Stephen K. Stephen K. Josh. Josh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Would also love Stephen McQueen. (laughs) I want Danielle Campbell. I want Danielle Campbell, too. Oh, and Phoebe. I really want Phoebe. Yes. (laughs) Oh. 
I want Nathan I Parsons. Have... I want Chris Wood. Chris <laughs> Epic. Are you guys going to the Always and Forever in August? No. No, I but have... I wish I was. I just want to hold Jackson. That's all I want to do. I just want <laughs> Am I... Is that like a one-time convention? I don't really know. They haven't really announced any future dates. I feel like I've seen that it was a one-time thing. And I'm pretty sure... Sorry. No, I'm I'm not going. It was a toss-up between going to Always and Forever or to Epic in December. And the second email was announced, it was decided for me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But before I got to the airport after that, um, everything was booked to come back. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'll see you. We'll get to meet you in person. So there's, a, there's a worker that said for always and forever, as far as always and forever, as it is seriously a one and done. So oh. we shall see. I don't know. I feel like if they do really good, how can you not do another? Yeah, can you stop? Yeah, so and I would like to go to one. So well, the thing is, awesome. like with all the like you know drama, if it's a one and like one time thing, why does it matter that much? You know what I mean? This is true. You're not wrong. What's the? So I don't know. Uh, they do have a pretty awesome lineup though, and I still haven't met Jomo. So hey, we got Nina. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fangirl so hard. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so who have you met so far then? So I met Elijah. So Daniel Gillis. Um, I met Nate and Danielle for the Col- uh, Colvina duo-, duo up. Um, <gasps> oh, you already met Danielle. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> they had a I duo have- up? I got so I ended up doing a lot of duo ops just because I was like I have no idea what I'm doing like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I don't know what's going on so we're gonna do duo ops um and you also got to save like ten dollars if you did a duo op so yeah I, I got to I get to save on taxes we're gonna do this <laughs> um and so I did but the way that like April went it was so quick that like I got to, I chatted with Nate like a tad because also Nate saw that I was panicked because it was my first duo. Like there were, theirs was my first duo op. Daniel Aww. Gillis was my first photo op ever. And Daniel, it was literally Daniel, like you just like walked in and then you walked out. Like there was nothing, like no interaction. Um, but with Nate and Danielle, like, I think you could tell that I just looked panicked. Um, and so Nate being Nate <laughs> uh, and like, the the precious man that he is uh like took a second was just like hi like you're doing great um it's great to meet you and then like I said I was just like I'm so sorry like it's it's really difficult for me to hear so like generally once I say that like it's really difficult for me to hear they stop talking and then they just like kind of smile and like they like gesture for everything which was really nice every single actor did it of the second they found out that I couldn't hear anything they stopped trying to talk and communicate they just immediately went to gestures um and so like that was very helpful but so yeah nate and danielle um i didn't really get to talk with danielle a lot or like interact with them a lot um but she's adorable <laughs> she's oh. adorable to me 
Um, and then later that day I met Matt and Tyler cannot remember their real names but Matt and Tyler um, <laughs> um, exactly Michael thank Michael you uh, there's yeah. like some of them that I'm like oh shoot what are your real names and then oh shoot what are your <laughs> character names um so I appreciate you guys being able to bounce back and forth um oh, so I met them um I was supposed to have the meet Steven with that like trio um but ended up just doing the duo mm-hmm. with those two and then they had no idea what to do with someone who was hard of hearing that was hilarious they just looked <laughs> like a deer in the headlights like they were still super sweet about it but the second I said it they were like uh okay <laughs> um it was so funny I was dying laughing when I got out um and then I met uh Steven or not Steven nope Nope, because his name is Stefan in the show. I met Paul and Caroline. Oh, oh. Jim oh my love it. it <laughs> but yes, so I got to meet them, which was which was wonderful. Oh, and Ariel Kelbel. Ariel Kelbel, which is a joy. She was probably nice. my favorite who I met. Of like I getting a photo op with. Oh my gosh. Are you doing like a photo op or anything with her? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Um, I'm so excited. As of right now, no, but I will. You're not? I did not buy one yet. No, I, I, I try to get everyone that would sell out first, and then come back to it later because I'm, I'm broke. Reach. <laughs> I'm broke now after this, this buying for December. I am riding the struggle bus. What a, um, yeah, irresponsible thing to do. But hey. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted, if they do a uh, Stefan and Lexi duo, I want to try to do that. And if that sells out, then I'll just get the solo because I didn't get um, Paul's. Paul. Yeah, so. Oh, and then doesn't Ian go on sale next week? He goes yep. on sale this weekend, this coming weekend. Yeah. I'm not trying for Ian's. I, I got Paul's autograph this for this next one and was like i got paul's autograph <laughs> we're gonna i'm gonna call it lucky call it good are you gonna go for that. the duo um i decided that i was gonna do photo ops for april and then autographs for um mm. december just it helps keep it a little bit more organized in my brain <laughs> i mean good for you for sticking to one thing yeah yeah don't. <laughs> I yeah I knew I was gonna go overboard if I didn't yeah and so it was just like you know what I'm gonna do it this way um so I've got a few autographs so I have like Paul Candice Karina McKenzie I'm so excited I love her she's adorable um Nate again and then Riley oh yeah so some repeat some new um just because the photo ops were not the interaction that I thought were gonna be and that like I kind of knew going in that like you hardly get to talk with them but yeah are you gonna do any meet and greets um depends on what finances look like that's yeah. Yeah. Ones, but, like I felt bad learning that like Steven Krueger's had one person and so like if I do a photo op yeah his photo art not photo op meet and greet that's what I meant um his meet and greet ended up with like one person so if i do any meet and greets it's probably going to be like the smaller i'm very surprised actually out he i would do his meet and greet again i did it 
this past uh, June for creation, and he's hilarious. Like, How many people were in your meet and greet, Sam? Didn't he sell three, out? Four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. It's eight. Oh my God. I'm surprised only one. Yeah. And I felt so bad. I was like, I don't want any of these actors to think that, like, no one wants to, or. I know. Isn't that anything like that? But I do appreciate how they're doing it this time of meet and greets aren't going to be during the panels. And so I have a feeling that like people like thought that, you know, if they thought that they had to choose between panels or like photo ops, like they didn't want it to overlap too much, that people were a little hesitant. Yeah. And I would so choose a meet and greet over a panel. Yeah, I would too. I would choose a meet and greet over <laughs> a panel, but hey. I love panels. I loved the panels so much that like I'm purposely not getting a lot of ops because I want to be at the panels. Um, I'm a panel person. I don't, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a huge panel person either. But then there's sometimes where I do sit in on them and I'm glad I did because it's hilarious. So yeah, I got to be there for uh, Leo Howard doing the backflip. And so like, <laughs> oh my gosh, was he would hilarious. Um, Especially like the legacy panels, because not a lot of people want to go to, or people are like, I haven't really seen legacies. And they're the funniest actors. Mm-hmm. They are hilarious and it is absolutely chaotic. <laughs> and it's the best when Summer joins because she grounds all of them. And they're like, How is this fair? You're so much younger and the, like, you're so much way more mature than we are. Um, it was so funny. But yeah, I ended up, part of it's like also just accessibility too of, mm-hmm. I and I know that like yeah like I might meet these actors but like there's the way like they're probably not gonna remember who I am or like it'll be awesome experience for me but like I'm gonna end up hearing a lot of what I'm gonna hear in the panels anyway where I just get to hear a bunch of these actors talk about the show and so for me that's where the panels become Mm -hmm. that's true it's also not my money (laughs) and my bank account appreciates um is there anyone that you wish to meet that has not been announced or that you've never met before i haven't met a lot of them i would love to meet cat graham yeah i love for cat i think i think a lot i of feel like there is hope there is hope for december i think so too but you never know, I don't know. they did say a while back, they said that they had 13 announcements, and then they only announced, like, three. Yeah, so, like, I, yeah. I think we have time. It's nice that, like, it's going to be in, what, like, six months or five months or something like that, that we have so much time left to to get those. Um, <laughs> I like you, dog. Um, I don't know what to do with him. He wants to jump all over, and I'm <laughs> trying to keep him from not. All right, just go away sorry that's okay my i also have a black cat that um loves to just need attention all the time and just wants to crawl all over like he's so bad if i don't just let him if i he wants to jump on the keyboard or go behind my computer or he wants to knock everything over and it's like i not right now (laughs) later okay anyway what was it like for you to see that Nina was announced? Um, I so funny story. My interpreters are huge 
Vampire Diary fans. So the interpreters that I had. <laughs> so they were also dying and like not forgetting to interpret, but they were so excited. Like they were like they were still interpreting, still letting me know what was going on. But I mean like the video like didn't have a ton of words to it. Um but they were dying. It was amazing. Um <laughs> it was and then, like, I have a video of it, and I was also watching Candace's reaction because I was like, "I'm not, like, did they know? Like, did they know that this was happening? They all knew, apparently." Um, and so I, it was just—I never thought that she would ever be at any of these. So, just especially all three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when Ian got announced, I was like, "What? I know this is I'm happening." Trio photo. I don't yeah, know. That one's gonna be. I will max out a credit card. I want that picture. We'll put it this way. I feel like the money will be an issue, but at the same time, getting the ticket is gonna be a bigger issue. Stop it! I'm being <laughs> optimistic here and only worrying about the money. Okay. We're not. Um, for Paul's, I was on like ten minutes before, like refreshing, like the night before. I like set everything up to like mm-hmm. make it as easy as possible and then i did the same thing for candace thinking candace was gonna sell out and then candace didn't but like oh gosh yeah have it all set up the night before ready to go that's how i was with nina and i was on like two hours prior and it was it was not good (laughs) that was a terrible time no um what is your overall favorite show um Uh, (laughs) all right top two oh gosh um that's even hard so i think vampire diaries is up there like within like my top top two or top three like that took over my life um charmed Mm -hmm. is probably also like the og charmed not not the new one um with um holly combs yeah with uh yeah yeah, holly moon combs and um I can't remember their actual names at the moment, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on that one. Um, so probably around there, but I, oh gosh, my favorite shows like change all the time. I'll watch like a new one. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hyperfixate on this and it's going to become one of my favorite ones. <laughs> um, Do you watch The Summer I Turn Pretty? God, I'm obsessed. I not yet. I'm I so it's on like my list because I just got Amazon Prime, so I could watch it. Uh, <laughs> that was the issue, <laughs> um, so that I could go back and watch it. Um, and then I think I'm going to wait for this season to completely finish, so that way I can binge. Yeah, all of it because I don't want to like binge wait. season one, half of season two, and then have to wait. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. It's horrible. It's so good, though. It's so good. I love it. I got my mom watching it now. Oh. All right. So, Vampire Diaries. Team yeah. Damon or Team Stefan? Um, I think overall Team Stefan. Everyone always says Team Damon. Yes. High five. Woo! I'm pumped. Sorry. Yes. Um, I understand by like season six why she chose Damon. I still am Team Stefan though. I think like I oh understand it, but like mm, still Team Stefan. 
You're my They're person. Doppelgangers. They were faded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> team Elijah or Team Klaus? Oh, team Elijah, I think. Klaus killed too many people for, for my, for my <laughs> taste. And what are your favorite couples? Um, that are uh, actually happened or <laughs> that I wanted to happen. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, okay, you can tell us. Um, I was say, because Klaus and Caroline, that... I agree. I agree. That should have... Mm-hmm. I needed that promise of... I may not be like, it may not be right now, but I intend to be your last. Like I needed that promise to have happened. Um, I also needed Caroline to have a happy ending um, and not have everyone that she loved die. I know. Um, that, was, that was too sad, but Walter, I loved Bonnie and um, Enzo. Well, we did love Bonnie and Enzo. Uh, but I loved Bonnie and Jeremy more, I think. Oh. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. No, I, I, like, I did love Bonnie and Enzo, but I think we didn't get to see enough of them for me to be like, oh my gosh, like I love them so much more than I love Bonnie and Jeremy, where we saw Bonnie and Jeremy like back and forth. Like we saw Jeremy grieve her and then find her again. And was the reason she was able to get out of the prison world. And like, that's true. So deep. Well, I just, think for me, oh, go ahead. Oh no, that's I, I was just like it was just a whole. <laughs> I don't know it in words like. <laughs> For me, I didn't really like Jeremy, so that was my opinion there. I did yeah. by the end. By the yeah. end, I didn't. him and Matt, I just couldn't stand. Their character development just kind of stopped at like season like six. It went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Once, I loved you know like the whole. With, like, Jeremy, you know, being a vampire hunter and, like, trying to, you know, kill a sister and then, like, overcoming mm-hmm. that because his love for his sister was so big and, like, so intense that he could. And then once he was able to fix that, <laughs> then it just kind of... It was like, okay, now what? <laughs> I mean, I, I like Jeremy and Bonnie, but then when um, Anna came back, when he started seeing ghosts, I kind of just... That was... Didn't, like, see yeah. Jeremy and Bonnie... I didn't like that after that. I have to agree. No. I think I'm a Benzo fan. Yeah. That's her. <laughs> That's her. What are your, what's your not so favorite couples? Um, I, a lot of it's with like Caroline. Cause Caroline ended up with like so many people. Um, I'm not a huge Caroline and Tyler fan by the end. Like, it was just so, like, it was cute. Like, I think, like, they, she helped him get, like, you know, like, with, like, the werewolf stuff and, like, yeah. But I think that is what, like, the attraction was because, like, she helped him. And then once she became, like, started becoming her own person, he couldn't really handle that and then couldn't get over his. Tyler just became something else. And Tyler ended up redeeming himself. So, like, he became a better person. But I was very happy that they went together. Um, I just hmm. think that they weren't, like, after the initial attraction of oh she knows she's one of the only people that knows about werewolf stuff and so my attraction is there like I don't think that there's much beyond that and so it ended up being a little a little toxic and I was like oh can we can we 
break up, break up, be done, be done. <laughs> Would you prefer Caroline with Tyler or Matt? I'm going to go with Matt, actually. Oh. I think that he helped ground her and honestly wanted the best for her. But like, he hated vampires at the end. He did. He did, in <laughs> fact, hate vampires at the end. I wish that, like, had, like, once he found out and, like, became okay with everything for the small portion of time that he was okay with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that had been when, like, they had, or, like, they had, like, potentially like, tried again, like, once he realized that it was okay. Um, but just, like, I think especially at the time that he, her and Matt were together, he almost was able to, like, help keep her human because she was fighting to be human and as human as possible and, like, to yeah. not lose herself in vampirism because of Matt. And so I think that that was her, like, little saving grace there. I don't know. I hate the fact that he, like, turned her into her mom, but, like... <laughs> I one... am. Yeah. But I did. I do think that, like, if it was going to be her and Matt or her and Tyler, that... You know, not having a boyfriend that could kill you every once a month. <laughs> well, it's... and then at the very end, you know, Matt hated vampires and then Tyler died, which I'm still shocked that Tyler died. Me you know? too. Like, I just, that was so, like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> like, that didn't need to happen. No! That's like the original. I don't need to kill Josh. Why did Josh have to die? Yeah, especially because Haley died and they didn't need to do all that. Like, that broke my heart. Oh, that last, se- like, the last, like, season and a half of the originals of Jackson. Oh, my God. Uh, like, of um, him, of, like, the hybrid that was a hybrid for, like, three days, like, Hope's mm-hmm. friend, and Josh, oh. and Elijah, and Klaus. I was just like, Maybe. Are we, can we stop? Can, like, it reminds me of the TikTok sound of this is enough slices. <laughs> I will say, I did like the ending of the originals. I do. Hearing the actors' reasons, or like hearing the reasons why they chose um, to like, kill them. Gillis. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Daniel Gillis said that he was done and he wanted no chance to be able to come back for Legacies. He he didn't want there to be an option and he was he was done. And so the, Karina said that the best way that they could think of giving him away to not show up in Legacies, because, like, had he stayed alive, it would have been really weird for Uncle Elijah to not pop in and, like, yeah. save Hope or, like, keep watch over her. Like, we saw with, like, Riley or um, with Freya... So, like, they said that there would have been no way that they could have done that unless he died. No, 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 no. All right. That happened with Klaus, and Klaus came back. All right. False. False. All right. That could have happened. Not wrong. You know what I mean? Klaus died the same way, and he came back. He was in, like, the other side. But he came back. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Elijah could have came back, too. (laughs) But Daniel Gillis was done. Daniel Gillis said he yeah. in no way wanted to come back. So it was like when he, I heard about how like how much he was he loves doing these conventions and doing it, but like he was not he did not want to step into Elijah again. And I was just like, okay, like Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, and that would have to come back. 
I <laughs> on a supernatural show, don't say like just because you die doesn't mean anything. Oh my gosh, an actual show, Supernatural. How many times did we see Dean and Sam die and come back and die and come back and die and come back and die and come back? Or, or Bonnie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, with Bonnie. I yeah, I want. How many times did she actually die? Like four? I don't know, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like he could have had he wanted to, but this was a way that like they could make it so it was very clear of why he wasn't fulfilling his promise to Klaus to like keep watch over her. I really wish Legacies had another season because Caroline would have came back as a uh, main cast. And I would have been introduced to Elena and Damon's kid. Oh, I know. Is it Stephanie, right? Yep. Stephanie. That would have I, been. Carol or uh, Candace's daughter did a little cameo in there. Didn't she say it got cut though? Nope, it's in there. Oh, She's in there. Yes. Yeah, a very small part, right? Oh yeah, you. I don't even think she talks. I think she just, she's in just in the background. I'll have to go watch it. All right, yeah. I know Sam did not watch Pretty Little Liars, but yeah, sorry, Team Allison or Mona. Okay, so since you sent me these questions, I've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> I want to have some fun with it because I feel like no one really talks about this stuff. Um, so Pretty Lies is like one of the shows that like I always go back and rewatch. It's like mm-hmm. watch shows. I love it. I love it. I yep. think. At what point in time are we talking Team Allison and Team Mona? <laughs> because this is where it shifts. No, it makes sense. Um. We'll do, like, the first three seasons. Okay. And I know, like, Allison's, like, not there, but at the same time, there's so many flashbacks, you know, of, like, how she was. I think in the aspect of who was A or messed with the girls or, like, all of the the behind-the-scenes type of things, because we know that Allison wasn't necessarily messing with them at that point, but, like, was trying to help Mm -hmm. them. I think I'm team Mona. I think Mona's probably the best A that we ever had. Like Absolutely. she was epic. Um, I loved her. In that aspect, Team Mona. In the who did I eventually forgive and like more? Team Allison. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I do feel like Mona when she did her um like fake death and all that. That was crazy. I mean, that was Charlotte who did that faked her death. That was yeah. like that was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was oh, creepy. I wish we spent more time in the dollhouse. I wish we had gotten more of that because that was such a good storyline. It was. They did good. The question's not on here, but how did you like the ending? Like the Spencer twin twist? I'm going to be probably in the minority of I enjoyed it. I did I, too. Okay. Because like uh, I read a lot of the books. I never ended up finishing the Pretty Little because it's 16 books. Um, oh, wow. Oh my god. I got to nine and that's when I Jeez. I capped out. Um and then just like read the rest. <laughs> or like read like summaries on Wikipedia of what happened. But like because twins are super popular or like that was a huge thing in the books that I was like I was waiting for them to bring it into the show. And so yeah. I was very happy. I wish it had been Allison that had the twin like in the books, mm-hmm. but I was happy that they at least brought the twins in. I don't because I was just like none of the other characters can be AD at this point none of them I don't think had it in their hearts to do it to them again like to put them through that again 
And so it was like, it wouldn't have made sense for any of the characters that we didn't know. And like, they'd been hinting a lot about how messed up Spencer's family tree is. Like, throughout the entire like show. Everything, everything went back to Spencer's family for all the seasons. Yeah. If you like rewatch it and like really focus, it's always Spencer's family in some aspect. Yes. And so I, that's why I was just like, you know what? If it was going to be anyone who had the messed up family that was trying to kill everybody, like Spencer's, <laughs> like that's, yeah, you know, that's okay. Um, and I think they did a great job explaining it. And then even finding out through like the last season that some of the moments that we saw Spencer were actually her twin. That like, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This is fine. This is okay. I'm okay with this. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. I did too. I think it was the best way to end it. Yeah, I agree. Um, team Caleb slash Hannah or Team Caleb and Spencer? Caleb and Hannah, hands down. Caleb and Spencer was odd. That was an odd choice. I did yeah, not I did, I did not see the chemistry in that at all (laughs) and maybe it was something that like there had been more scenes that we just didn't see or or something but yeah yeah interesting little twist but yeah Caleb Caleb and Hannah all the way yeah I agree team Allison slash Emily or Emily and Paige Oh, I think Emily and Paige. I think Allison. Really? Yeah, I so like I like Allison and Emily that like Emily got or you know we got to see that and experience it and like they had a chance to be together. But I think that Allison just did too much that I was surprised that Emily was able to get past everything. Like I do like them together. Like they were very cute. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised when they, but like had. Allison not gotten pregnant with Emily's kids <laughs> like yeah that was um something yeah and I think like if that hadn't happened I don't know if they would have lasted yeah did you watch so. the um perfectionist yes I did <laughs> well then you obviously know what happened with them yeah. but they were like no. uh I'm Arlene King had talked about how like they were going to get back together in the next season oh so. that's good to know yeah, that they were gonna figure it out. Oh, so I wish that show kept going. I was into too. it. I really That's liked sad. it. I think it being at the same time as Riverdale was kind of the the downfall. Like, it, same audience was. Yeah, was yeah. Riverdale was good too. What was your favorite couple versus not so favorite couple? Um. I love Spencer and Toby. I love yes, Spencer and Toby so I much. Um, Do you like Arya and Ezra? Not while she was in school. Um, when yeah. they like got back together when they were adults and like could talk yeah. as adults, I was like, okay, not bad. Like you, you left for a while. Great, you had time. You both had time to heal from things wonderful love this for you um but i'm not so like in schools that was that was funky sam looks very confused so aria was a high schooler and she was dating her teacher 
<laughs> just letting you guys do your thing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. No. Well, I guess that was your least favorite couple, it sounds like, in the first half. Yeah, I think that also Mona and um, Arya's brother. Uh, that was. Yeah, I cannot remember his name. Mike. Thank you. Mike. Yes. Um, yeah, that was. I don't know how, like, it was, like I'm not like, how could you be with someone that tortured your sister? Like, where is this connection? Uh, but yeah, that's probably. I, I did like them, but I, yeah, I feel like Mike was just so lost and Mona made him feel special because she had, she lost a lot too. You know, she wasn't, you know, all there either. <laughs> yeah. But when they started, it was like, she was still torturing them. But like yeah. she was part of the A team, and I was like, "That's." After a while, like once she became a better person, I was like, "Okay, this is fine." But at the start, like, how are you not listening to your sister's recommendations? <laughs> All right, Sam, you're back in it. Bye. Am yeah. I? Thanks for including me. No, I'm just kidding. Kirsten, uh, what was it like for you when you started losing your hearing in third grade? Um, it was quite confusing. <laughs> I so I remember, so I remember the day that I lost it. Um, okay. I, we were going to a choir concert. It was December 16th. We were going to a choir concert and both of my ears started ringing super loud and I couldn't really hear a lot. I told my mom, she was like, okay, well, we're still going to this choir concert. Like I, we'll see, you know, what's going on. Cause that there's not a lot that like an ER could have done. Um, and so I was just like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. By the time I got back from the quiet concert, my left ear had like gone down in the ringing, but my right ear was still really loud. And went to the doctor. They were just like, oh, take this medication for like three weeks. And like we think, because I used to get ear infections a lot as a kid. So they're like, oh, it's probably just, you know, some sort of like ear infection, like take this like antibiotic for like three weeks and then come back. Um, I got tired of telling my mom that I couldn't hear out of my right ear. I felt like I was like pestering her. So it wasn't until I was in fifth grade that like she went to go whisper something in my right ear. And I was like, I can't hear in that ear. You have to do this ear. And she was like, what? What do you mean you can't? Like, what do you mean you can't hear in that ear? And I was like, yeah. Do you remember like back in like third grade when all that happened? Like that never went away. Um, Just because like the doctor wouldn't take a third grade or seriously and like it was just kind of like a mix of like circumstances and she was like okay well I'm gonna have the school nurse um because my parents are teachers so they were able to kind of go to the school nurse and be like hey can you give her a hearing test did that like within like the next like two days and then they were like yeah she needs to go see an audiologist like it's not she needs to go see an audiologist now um and so that was like by fifth grade, by that point, I had already kind of adjusted my life. Like I remember testing it with a phone call. Like my parents would be on the phone and I would like put on my right ear to see if my hearing had come back and I couldn't hear anything and like would go back to my left ear. And like at that point I had just adjusted a lot of like what I did. It just became so normal at that point. It wasn't until the doctor finally told us um, so like my hearing loss is a tad different from most people's. Uh, so I have about 70% in my left ear and I have about 5% in my right. 
and it's not that everything is quiet. I'm fully aware that sound is happening. It just more like everything is underwater or you sound like Charlie Brown's parents <laughs> and like the wama wama was. So like I'm fully aware that there's sound. It's just more of understanding. They did this test where like they words were read and I had to repeat them. If it gives like any kind of like understanding of like what my hearing loss is like, I got three out of a hundred correct. And so like it's the understanding and like clarification of words that is where I'm out. And so like hearing aids don't work because hearing aids just make everything louder. Um, and like, I can technically have a cochlear implant if I wanted, but I don't, um, I didn't want to have the surgery and there's something called a Baja, which is very similar to a cochlear implant that uh, like, they're like, we can try. And I almost got, but I was a da- because I was a dancer, it was like a, something would like kind of stick out of my head. And I was worried that my dance teacher would be upset that I couldn't have perfectly slicked back hair for competition and ended up not getting it. <laughs> um, and it ended up being like oh the best gosh. decision. I look back and I'm like, I'm really happy that I didn't do it. Like, I was so happy that I didn't get that. Um, just because I later found out that like, it sounds so mechanical that like, I probably would have hated it. And it was a really risky surgery. And so, like, me just wanting to have perfect hair for competition ended up saving a very risky surgery. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Would you say fifth grade for you was that pivotal moment where you realized it was something really serious? Yeah. When I, when the doctor finally sat us down and was just like, yeah, she, the fact that she can speak so well, the fact that she does well in school, and the fact that she can dance is astounding. We... I was a very rare case. The doctor was like, I've seen three of these cases in my life because like I, you know, did all of the tests. Like we did like a bunch of reasons to find out why I lost my hearing. There is no good answer. There was no very clear answer as to why I lost it. It just suddenly left. Like it just, it was very sudden. She's like, I've seen this three times in my entire career as an audiologist and she's the youngest. Um, And so like, it was at that point that I was like, oh, okay. But I wanted everything to be normal. So like, I didn't have any accommodations until I was a senior in high school. Like I just wanted to be normal, which was probably not the greatest, but I ended up doing okay. So what can you do? Wow. Yeah. How, how well do you know, um, sign language? Um, I'm fluent in ASL. Uh, so I started self-teaching myself sign language shortly after I found out. Um, and then more and more so in high school, but I started learning something called SEE, which is a signed exact English, which is a communication system that pretty much hearing people wanted to make life easier. It's not used very often by any deaf person. It is used by some deaf people. So I won't say that like it's not used at all. It, it is kind of used, but ASL is more widely known and it's more of a language. There's a lot of similarities. Um, so when I went to college, I started taking ASL um, and then went through all six semesters of ASL, um, found a place in the deaf community, and then use it regularly in my daily life. Um, yeah, Pretty, know it quite a bit. I don't know 
Pacific Northwest sign language because like there's regional differences. So similar to like accents and slang that like in hearing um, like spoken English, like there's, you know, all of, I can't even think of like the, or, you know, like people say soda or um, pop, like supper, dinner, like things like that, like in spoken language, those are just very small references, but like it's very similar in ASL. There's regional differences of ways that you sign things. Um, so I'm still hmm. learning about like specific regional differences out here, but it's still very similar and um, I use it all the time. What coping mechanisms did you use to help you process um, and accept this was your future? I went through waves of processing and like accepting this. Um, like it, and like, yeah, I, I just like kind of went through waves of this is going to be my life. This is what it is. And it wasn't until I was in college that I like, really accepted it because I met more deaf people and like talked to them and like found out that even though I can speak, because I remember, and the reason that like I, I speak and I speak so well is I remember what it was like to hear like English. And so like I can pass as a hearing person very easily um, which helped a lot, um, and does still help me, but funny story. It was Vampire Diaries that actually helped me like the final steps of accepting it. Um, which I saw was on your questions later. So I'm going to answer it now. <laughs> um, the, one of the things that like Vampire Diaries absolutely loved, it was, the, so it was the pandemic. I had realized that I'd lost more hearing and my hearing goes in and out now. And so now I'll reference myself as like a deaf hearted hearing person because my hearing will go in and out. There's times where I like, I absolutely can't hear anything slowly, like by the minute, like by, by the day. So like sometimes I'm fully deaf and sometimes I'm hard of hearing. Um, and so I started watching vampire diaries during the pandemic and I very quickly realized that a lot of emotions that people had about vampires were the same that people had about people with disabilities or deaf people of like people who were vampires. So you have Stefan who was doing everything he could to pretend he was human. You had Damon who loved it a little too much. And then you had Caroline who that actually just made her a better person. And it was a nice little balance in between the two of them. Um, and so like, I was Stefan <laughs> of, I wanted to do everything I could to be hearing and just, I didn't want the difficulties that being deaf comes with and being disabled comes with. Um, and then wanted to be Caroline of realizing that like, it is perfectly okay. And like, there are things that I can do to adjust. So like right now I have zoom open, that's captioning everything. Um, and like reading the captions. And so like, that's how I have captions right now and wanted to eventually get to that point. But then even the views of people. So like wanting to fix, like wanting to cure. So, you know, you have Caroline's dad who just wanted to cure her. Um, the amount of people that want to fix me, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And like, that's like a huge view of like, oh, deaf people need to be fixed. They need to learn how to, you know, speak. And then you have people who are like, okay, this is, I don't really know what to do, but I'm, I'm here to help in, in any way I can. Um, you know, so like when Elena finds out, like hated it at first, was upset that she was lied to, but then like, I'm here to help you however I can kind of. Um, and so I saw that play out in the Vampire Diaries. And like, I, you know, halfway through the series, it, it shifts and adjusts. And now we're just kind of with people that know about vampirism. But 
especially the first half, like I watched them go through exactly what I was going through. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got to process it as like they were processing it. And so then just kind of like, was by the time that I was done watching Vampire Diaries had like kind of accepted like my own like disability with it all. Um, but yeah, it, was, it ended up being Vampire Diaries that was like kind of like the final thing that let me accept it. <laughs> I love that for I you. I was just about to say, I love that so much. Like that was like, I never looked at it that way. I mean, I never really had reason to. So you putting it into perspective like that is so eye-opening. And like, I don't know. I, it makes you want to like rewatch it and yeah. like see it from that perspective. Yeah, I agree. I think it also like speaks just to the writers about how talented they are and like the way that and I knew like when I was watching it, I was like oh I bet Stefan like is supposed to represent like alcoholism and um addiction mm-hmm. and like that because like with Ripper and right. my like experience with it was like before like Ripper Stefan kind of came out and so or like with like the whole like disability thing and I was just like oh I can kind of see this people with disabilities don't often have a Ripper side to them um <laughs> but like I was still, I remember thinking of like how talented the writers were for being able to have a situation and like have people be able to relate to vampires and like their thoughts and feelings about it. I think it just goes to how talented they are. I also am obsessed with the writers and what they did. Oh my God, I love that. It makes me happy. Yeah. It's very eye-opening. It is actually very <laughs> Um, um it's one of the things that like i'm writing letter- for my autographs i'm writing letters of like what like the characters like meant to me and like that's what they're signing for like the autographs and that was like the whole reason like behind like why i wanted to do autographs at this one is so i could i could write like what the characters meant to me and like so i have like a little journal like i have a little diary like i have my vampire diaries diary and like that's that's what they're signing um yeah i, love I need to see that i was just about to say can i stand in line with you because I, yeah i want to witness it <laughs> that, oh my god yes we should like somehow record that that would be so cool i agree i wish people could record like their autographs because like i would love that just yeah. recorded to be able to like have that be able to go back i'm gonna try experience find out <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll try to figure a way i'll figure it out <laughs> So, like, what tips could you give, like, convention companies to help HOH individuals? I know you said that Epic did have, like, sign language going on. Yeah, so when I saw that, when they announced April, I immediately reached out to them and said, hey, I'm I'm deaf, hard of hearing. Um, is there any way that we could have interpreters there? Because I had been denied interpreters at other conventions, so that's why I never went. Um, and... Hmm. It was, it was a messy story, <laughs> but like so I, that had been my experience up to that point. And I got an email back, I think in four hours saying, we've never had this before, but we will like, oh, we'll awesome. figure it out. And I was like, sweet, bought my ticket two days later. Um, they were amazing with it. Um, so yeah, I had, I had interpreters and they had them placed in the right spot. They we kind of shifted where we had been placed um, just because there's oftentimes no one in the front row. And it was just like, I was staring at a speaker a lot. So that's something that like a tip for convention, I guess, 
is if you do have ASL interpreters, line of sight is super important. Um, so like where we had been, I would have just been able to see the interpreters. I could kind of see the screen, but I had speakers that were in front of me. And because it was raining a lot, a lot of times those speakers had like the plastic over them. And that was all I could see. I could maybe see Karina or Ariel, depending if there was a lot of people at the convention and they were off to the side. Um, but I couldn't really see anyone. So we kind of like would sit or we, um, me and the other deaf person would kind of move and sit uh, if no one else was in the front row. Um, and then once people came, we would we would go back over. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that's something that line of sight is very important. Um, so that way we can see everybody all at once. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a huge tip. Like, and we don't necessarily have to be in the front row. I know some people get upset of like, well, there's no reason that, you know, I paid for the big VIP ticket and you're, you're in the front row without one. And it's like, well, we don't necessarily need to be in the front row and that's okay. It's just line of sight is, off, is just more important than like, if I can see the interpreter and what's going on on stage, that's all I care about. I don't care how far back I am. I just care that I can see both. Um, and I think people automatically assume they're like, oh, they need to be in the front or because it's just the easiest. So that way you don't have anyone blocking you. Um, but yep, yeah, that's probably like the biggest. And then listen to the deaf people that like what they're asking for. Um, they're going to be the best form of direction. So I'm sure every convention is different about how, how they have things set up and meet and greets and things like that um just don't ask if they want to bring someone with to interpret for them that is the biggest don't do it the whole reason the ada is in place is so that doesn't happen um mm. literally one of the biggest reasons that the, of the biggest protection that deaf people have in the ada is to is to not have that um oh. that's what they fought to not have and so yes and to get qualified people Qualified is another big thing. Don't just ask who knows ASL. Um, have people who are licensed to interpret. It's all good. It's it's one of those, like, a lot of people do really well with it, especially now. Like, we're seeing it's a lot better than it was a few years ago. So, like, mm -hmm. it's all good. Can you tell us about Kirsten's Cove? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, when I finished my master's, I was like, I now have a lot of free time and I still feel like I have assignments going on. So, I'm going to create them for myself. Uh, <laughs> and it was something that I'd wanted to start like what during my master's, um, but then just didn't have not, did not have time during my master's to be able to do something like that. So, it came out of watching Vampire Diaries and wanting to track how many times people probably should have realized that something supernatural was going on hmm. and didn't um, and just like kind of ignored it. And so it like came out of that and then became so much more of like, I had so much to say, like I learned so much about the behind the scenes stuff of Vampire Diaries and behind the scenes stuff of NCIS and Criminal Minds and all of these shows. And I was like, I have a lot to say about things. Why don't I start a blog to say all of the things that I have to say about these things? Um, and, and so I did, uh, so I've done a lot of, it's kind of been an ebb of low, like sometimes it's more like right now it's a little bit more on pause because of the strike and like, don't want to, um, cross any, any lines. And so like, I have been just talking more about books, uh, which I'm perfectly fine with, uh, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and so yeah, just moving forward more talking about books and, and Taylor Swift, which is why the TVD data, uh, posts have relatively stopped um but i'm still tracking it so once 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 it's all figured out that i'll be posted 
Um, but yeah, so then I ended up like the TBD data ended up becoming so much more of, so we have the supernatural flags. How many days are they actually in school or how many episodes do we see that they're in school? Um, Damon had special powers for the first five episodes. Um, so I've been tracking about how long does he actually, what, when do those powers stop of controlling the fog and controlling the crow? Um, and he was also able to use compulsion without looking at people, um, for a while. And I was just like, what is this? What's going on? Um, tracking that tracking, how many people, how many times people die. So like Vicky's at this point from where I am, Vicky's been the only one to die. Um, and so how many times each character dies, which eventually will be how many times does Bonnie actually die? <laughs> that was the reason for it. But I was like, I want to know how many times people, cause people keep coming back. Um, the only so, person did not die was Matt. He, yeah. they, Bonnie stopped his heart to see. He did, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. And she All right. back. Oh, you know, yeah, he drowned. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, he didn't fully die. He almost died with the drowning, but then, you know, yeah, almost. Him didn't she stop his heart at one point, though? No, that was Jeremy. <sighs> For Klaus. Well, yeah, she I stopped her. Right. I think Matt does, because they use that spell again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Do she I? stopped Matt. Right, well, there's a lot of hearts I've missed off them. I don't know. There's a lot of spells that require people's hearts to be stopped. I know, right? Jeez. Louise. Because I could have sworn, like, that's why he started seeing Vicky. Mm -hmm. Because he had, like, kind of started to cross over and then didn't. That's when he drowned. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, he purposely drowned. I just watched. Just watch it, okay? Trust me. He tried to drown. He tried to drown so he could see Vicky to bring her back. Googling. He drowned. Well, Bonnie saved him now. Because I'm telling you, Bonnie almost drowns with Elena in the car. But he did not drown. Yeah, (laughs) she did. But Matt drowned. They were doing um, the prank night. They were setting up for prank night. And then he tried to drown himself. Bonnie stops Matt's heart for six minutes after he is made the owner of the Salvatore boarding house, nullifying right. his claim of ownership. That's like yeah. a whole other scenario. Look up Matt drowning for I know Vicky. What, no, I know what you're talking about when he okay. drowns in the, in the pool in the school. Okay. I don't recall that scene then, what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember him like... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I remember him like, it was a, you know, we have like this certain amount of minutes and then Bonnie like passes out, or it's like Bonnie's getting like flashbacks of something. It's when she's getting hit with like episodes of something and then ends up almost not making the time. Yeah. And then and so he Matt, almost fully got pissed. Yeah, he's like, what the hell happened? And I think that's when we finally find out that, like, bon- like Bonnie's, like, episodes of something, and I cannot remember what she's flashing back to, but... Yeah, I, can't- I don't recall. I can't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember what she's flashing... Yeah, I cannot remember what she's flashing back to, but I do remember that, like, it was a... She hadn't told anyone at that point that she had these, like, weird flashbacks or, like, weird flashes. Season 7, episode 2. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably why I don't know it. I haven't really. I don't rewatch the last ending that often. 
My favorite episode is the pilot. I don't know why. I can, I know every word and I, I'm obsessed. I can watch that episode over and over and over. I don't know. I need help. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. I don't know where we are. Hopefully we're paying attention because I'm sure not. Like, I feel like yes and no, like your favorite topics or to kind of go over these things that you just said. Yeah. So is there any other favorite topics you like to talk about? Um, I think like I'm trying to think of all of what I've, I've done. Of I've talked a lot about like book to movie adaptions or like book to screen adaptions. Oh, yeah. Um, of like favorites, favorites with that. Um. There's one I just said in two parts. Oh, like unpopular opinions uh, with A Court of Thorn and Roses and like bookish opinions. Um, things like that. Uh, yeah, just like stuff like that. Or I'll see something on TikTok and be like, oh, that'd make a fun like YouTube video. Um, and so do different things over YouTube, blog, and then social media um, of like just like different different things like that. I don't know it, it just spans from lodge it's kind of like what do i want to do this week oh this is what i want to do okay <laughs> were you nervous to start your own youtube channel um not really like i because it wasn't something that like this is going to be my job or like i have to like it was very much of a non-pressure situation and it still is like it's still very much just like for fun um I love when I see that videos get more than like 30 views and then I'm like, oh, sweet. Awesome. Um, or see like one of like my shorts like take off and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, but it's it's not something like if it eventually became a job, like that'd be awesome. But mm -hmm. it's, it's like I'm not expecting it to to be something. It's just a way for me to have just a creative outlet, which because especially because I work from home and I'm often just behind the computer doing something. It was a way that like something good could come out of the pandemic from watching so many shows. <laughs> like I've been to watch so many shows in the pandemic having nothing to do. I was like, something good's got to come out of this. And, and it did. And it, it's just been a fun, like little passion project that ebbs and grows. <laughs> I love that. So touching on like enemies to lovers versus slow burn couples. Yeah, uh, that is a video <laughs> that is going to be coming soon of, I just have to like, once it was supposed to be last week, but then when the strike happened, I just have been figuring out exactly how like my, like what I talk about um, is impacted. Um, I was waiting for more of like those guidelines to come out. So this is going to be more of like bookish couples just because I think I'm going to stay away from more of TV stuff um, just because I do want to eventually potentially be a writer for them. Um, would love to be a writer on a show and so don't want to do anything that would ruin those chances. But so it'll be like my, I plan on talking about my favorite tropes within books and then like my favorite characters that are in those tropes. So like enemies to lovers, like in a uh vampire diaries scenario like my the vamp big vampire diaries one is klaus and caroline like that is a, a straight up enemies to lovers like trope or like the slow burn couples i think we can all agree that stefan and caroline were the slowest burn couple to exist <laughs> <laughs> like we waited so long um not who i would have picked her to end up with but it's still a couple that we waited so long for or like um 
I'm trying to remember other like examples. Like Bridgerton has great examples. Bridgerton <laughs> is the definition of slow burn example or like slow burn yes. couples. Yes. Um, oh gosh, but yeah, yes. like I have a, like a whole document of like some of like my favorite tro- or my favorite tropes of these like in in books and TV shows that that we watch or that I've watched and read and um, talking just kind of about like my favorite ones and uh, things like that. So that's that's one that's coming hopefully down the line soon um but yeah there's it's so undertake like to go back and be like oh right this one and this one and this one um yeah what genre do you like to read the most oh my top three are romance mystery and fantasy but all all fiction me Me, me. (laughs) although throw in a little true crime there that's where like the mystery like we have uh the that's where like I kind of go with like with like the mystery sometimes it's kind of true crime sometimes it's um some other stuff but yeah that's where I'm also a huge true crime person but yeah I have a book that's unsolved mysteries that I'm reading right now and they're just short stories of true unsolved and I'm upset (laughs) I have I need hobbies one that I read uh called the book of cold cases that Mm -hmm it like this person had like started like a vlog called the book of cold cases and it ends up getting like a little supernaturally mm-hmm. um but it's it's really good uh it starts as someone who's like a crew tram writer that like stumbles onto a case and is all about this case that she stumbled onto so it's still fiction but um yeah it's it's really entertaining that if you're looking for like a fiction true crime book Actually, that's sounds it. <laughs> that sounds pretty good did you guys watch unsolved mysteries on netflix yeah no i haven't watched it yet because i've been wait i need to find oh when i watch those like really intense shows i need to find like a really funny show that like friends or the office to like counteract it and so i still need uh, i was just like i need to find one of those first before i watch this like really intense show (laughs) you should watch young and hungry it's a very good show show. yes somebody that has watched it I can watch it over and over and laugh at the same jokes over and over. I was so mad when it ended the way it did. I know. They couldn't just give us, like, one more episode? Yep. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Maybe maybe Tough. that's what it'll be. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch Young and Hungry and, and watch it. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I love it. Um, tell us about your dream to open a theme bookstore slash coffee store. Yes. I'll be your That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I already like have so many books and like my goal is to have enough that I can classify my house as a library, which is a thousand, by the way. Um, If you have a thousand books, you can technically classify yourself as a library um, because that's all you need to start a library. Um, And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And then was like, I would love to just like have a bookstore where like I help people find books um but in more of the aspect of like having a safe place for people to like just go like whether or not they can like afford the books like they can read them there like I'd love to have like couches and um a bunch of different like seating and stuff so like I've I love to read in like like a little, uh, little hammock swing um and so like having like a bunch of different like seating options that people could do and people can either like rent out the books or they can buy the books um maybe some cats running around that could be my partner's dream is that like if I do this that he wants to own a cattery next door 
and then have a bunch of like cats that people can go and like either read with cats, read to the cats. Oh my God. Or adopt the cats. Like that's his dream. Like if I have my coffee bookstore, he wants a cat right next door. I'm so um, <laughs> and so then like all of the drinks I was like oh well we can't have books without coffee like that's that's unheard of um coffee and tea like you can't you can't do that um so I was just like oh well, I could do that and then all of the like specialty drinks would be named after characters so I have one for vampire diaries which I think that you guys would really enjoy of I think it's a vanilla and hold on I, I have a notes on my phone of all of the things um the blood bag, which would be some raspberry and vanilla syrup, uh, a sp- or latte, and then you could make it ripper style with an extra shot of espresso. Oh my god, yes. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where would you open this store at? What state? I would love for it to be somewhere in the Pacific Northwest of like, so you could see the mountains. Um, either somewhere where you could like i would love like a bunch of like windows where you could see the mountains or somewhere on the beach like facing like the water where like you could see the water um so like one or the other it's i would love yes someplace where like you can just sit and and read and like have the beautiful like aesthetics of of reading and um yeah i have like puzzles and games where people can just like hang out and I just always wanted a place like that growing up that wasn't like the library because you know you always had to be quiet in the library like I just wanted a place that like I could just go be <laughs> and it's like you know what I want to do that I want to create that so that is that is my bookstore coffee shop idea that sounds amazing I'm, and I'm so yeah. wherever I'm so I'll be there because that's what dreams are made of <laughs> Oh yeah, that would be a cute um name for it. Stop it! What dreams are made of? Oh my, god, oh my gosh! Right? I love that. <gasps> I love it. Kirsten, what is one thing you'd like to say to the audience of "Call Her Crazy"? Oh, um, I've also been thinking, but like since you sent me this, I was like, oh gosh, what do I, what do I do? Um, <laughs> no pressure. I think. <laughs> The one thing that I like to say to them is the same thing that I wish I could have told my younger self of it is perfectly okay to be the nerd that you are and there is nothing wrong with that. And it's okay to be vocal about the things that you love. Oh, my heart. I'm not crying. You're <laughs> crying. But <laughs> um, yeah, I thank you so much for bringing me on here. Oh my God, of course. Thank you for joining us. I know. I was so excited. Good. I'm, we were excited too. Believe me. We were. We were pumped. Right when we got your application, we were like, yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. Um, that's all we have for today. Thanks so much, Kirsten, for being our guest on our podcast. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, so I am on there on Instagram as Kirsten.Cove. Cove is with a K. Um uh, YouTube is the same of Kirsten's Cove. And then TikTok is Kirsten Solvi, which I can spell for you. Uh, <laughs> um, because the joy of having a Norwegian name. Um, so Solvi is S-O-L-V-E-I-G. Because um, no one expects there to be G in there. Uh, but that is where you can find me on TikTok. Perfect. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Check for new episodes every Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Call Her Crazy Pod. 
We're your hosts, Sammy and Nikki with Call Her Crazy. Call Her Crazy.